Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. I'm Matthew and this time I'm joined by my dad, David. Hello, thanks for having me today. And we're going to be uh, discussing a few topics. The main one is going to be the AFL Grand Final, but there's also some cricket, some tennis and the NRL Finals. Uh, so we'll start with, uh, with the tennis. Um, the US Open was on uh, the last few weeks um, and last week's episode was a bit busy, so we didn't get to it there. Um, but there were some, some uh, good winners from it. Um, you had Dylan Alcott. Uh, uh, in fact, I think there were two wheelchair tennis players, um, Dylan Alcott and um, uh, D- uh, Dede De Groot, uh, both did the Golden Slam, where they won all four Grand Slams plus the Olympics gold. Uh, so good on them. Uh, and you had Radakanu win the women's and Medvedev win the men's. But was there anything from that that stuck out to you, Doug? Well, yeah, I think uh, Djokovic was also going for what they call a tennis grand slam. So he'd won every other um, uh, major tournament for the year. So he was trying to win four in a calendar year and he just melted down in the final. And Medvedev beat him pretty easily, really. And you just wonder how much that would break Djokovic, whether it was just the emotion of, hey, I'm not going to win the grand slam or whether he's now sort of tipped over the edge and the younger brigade are coming up and are going to start dominating tennis. Yeah, I think there's a stat that something like 60 of the past 65 Grand Slams have been won by either Djokovic, Federer or Nadal. Um, So this is one of the rare moments in that time where it wasn't won by one of those three. I think Djokovic... Still might have one or two left in him, but it could certainly be a shifting of the tide moment. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like I've, I, I, I would be happy for Djokovic to win another one or two because I've quite admired his tennis over the years, but there's a, a sense of romanticism that he's now equal with Federer and Nadal. They've all got 20 Grand Slam wins. So yeah. if he doesn't win another one, I kind of like that as well. Yeah. Radakani yes. was interesting because she was an 18-year-old English lady. She was a qualifier. It's the first time in I don't know how long a qualifier has come through and actually won the tournament. So that was quite astounding as well. Yeah. Uh, Ashbardi was a bit disappointing, went out uh, sort of mid-tournament. Uh, mm. But, yeah, Radakani, good on her. She, she did really well. Yeah. And, of course, we had another Australian victory. Sam Stosar was one of the pair that won the women's doubles along with, uh, I'm going to muck up this name, Zhang Shuai. Um, they won the, the women's doubles. Um, yeah, good they, old Sam as well, because she won uh, the singles about 10 years ago, 10 or 11, I can't remember exactly which, yeah. 10 or 11 years ago. So good on her for keeping going, and that's a nice way for her to, to I think, she ending her career? I can't remember. Yeah, um, yeah and she's certainly been around uh, for a while, but if she's still got some in her, Let's hope that she can uh, maybe win some more. Uh, then yeah. the, the men's doubles were won by Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury. And the mixed doubles were, again, Joe Salisbury and Desiree Krawczyk. That's, that's <laughs> easy a, for you to say. That's a really hard name. Um, but uh, I think we'll move on now to the, uh, the NRL. There were two big semifinals last week. 
um, Manly comfortably beat the Roosters in the end. I think it was a 30 or 40 point win. And um, uh, Penrith just got the edge over Parramatta. Uh, so what were your takeaways from that weekend? My takeaway from the Manly Roosters game, Manly won 40 to 6. Uh, Tom Trevojevic is yeah. in sensational form. He's he's in as good as form as I think I've ever seen anyone in rugby league. Yeah. And if he plays well in the semi-final, uh, look out south. I think if he doesn't play well, I'm not sure how well they can go as a team. So I think yeah. I think if you stop Tommy Turbo, you might stop Manly. Uh, the yeah. Parramatta-Penrith game, obviously I was disappointed as a Parramatta supporter to lose. Uh we had plenty of opportunities in the last few minutes to snatch it. Uh, Penrith were in trouble for a couple of dodgy tactics of stalling the game and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, credit to them. Their defence was pretty awesome. And, you know, they didn't let Parramatta score. So good on them. And, yeah. you know, I really I really hope they can beat Melbourne in the semi final in the prelim, but I doubt they will. But Yeah, I, I think it's a really good defensive effort uh, for Penrith. After... Um, a really good defensive effort against them from Souths the week before um, to go up to going into half time and then just be on the back foot for the entire second half, just constantly defending wave after wave of Parramatta attacks for 40 minutes. And they just held out, they stayed strong and the try just never came for Parramatta and the clock beat them in the end. Yeah. Um, and that that was um, a really interesting game to watch, just tactically, just trying to watch Parramatta trying to break through and then Penrith holding them back. Um, uh, I think there were a couple of chances for Penrith where maybe they could have, like, pounced, like, used an opportunity of attack, but they got the win and that's all you need in finals footy. It doesn't matter if it's by two or 30, as long as you go through to the next round. Uh, you're still within a chance. Uh, But the next round, the the prelims, is going to be interesting because what most people would say the best two sides go up against each other, being Melbourne and Penrith. Um, And even as a Souths fan, I think I'm willing to admit that. um, We're probably not quite as good as those two, even though we did beat Penrith. Um, They're playing manly, of course. Uh, So I think we'll start with... um, Souths v Manly, it's certainly going to be uh, an interesting game. Um, these two teams have some really good spines of three or four players. Souths have Walker, Reynolds and Cook. Manly have uh, Cherry Evans, Turbo and Ruben Garrick. Um, but those three players, I think it's that group of three for either team that's definitely going to decide the game. But uh, what do you, who do you think will win that game? I think this game is really hard to uh, tip. I'm, I'm going to tip Souths because I think a Wayne Bennett coach side in finals is uh, well-drilled and the fact that they beat Penrith in week one of the finals I think indicates that he's got them up and about. The key for that is they've got to stop uh, the Manly playmakers and in particular Tommy Turbo. Um, yeah. If they can do that, I think South can win. Uh, I think, you know, Manly are a big danger. If they get on a roll, uh, South have the capacity to leak points quickly. They've shown that a few times through the year. So whilst they're uh, 
they've played well and, and scored lots of big wins, when they lose, they can lose big as well. So if Manly get away early, that could be big trouble for South. But I'm going to tip South mainly because I think they've developed a little bit more consistency and uh, Wayne Bennett coaching a finals team is a very, very, very good coach. Yeah, I think I'm going to tip Souths as well. I just think um, the, the week off will help. Um, it, it tends to help a lot more in NRL than in AFL because in AFL there's other buys spread throughout. But in NRL, when you might have been playing consistently for 15 weeks, just have that week's rest and then regroup and go, okay, let's just explode out for this week. And then if you make it next week in the grand final, um, I think that will definitely work uh, in South's uh, favour. Uh, then the other game, um, Melbourne Penrith, um, is another interesting one. Melbourne have definitely been the top team the whole year, but I, I think you can't rule out Luai and Cleary for Penrith to put on a bit of a show. What do you think will happen in this game? I actually think Melbourne will probably win quite comfortably. Uh, I'm barracking for Penrith. I really hope Penrith win. Uh, but I think Melbourne are just, I think, a step above, to be honest. Uh, it might, even if it's a close game, I think Melbourne have probably got the class and the capacity to just win it and, and, and win clutch moments in the game. Yeah. Uh, might be some doubt on Cleary's shoulder. He looked like he might have got a little sore at the end of the Parramatta game. So if that's the case, then that could be big trouble for them. But um, again, if 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 Melbourne get away, I can't see Penrith catching them. So yeah. I think Penrith, if they're going to win, they'll have to lead early and and hold on, sort of thing. So, but I expect Manly yeah. to win. Um, Manly, Melbourne to win. Mm-hmm. But I'm barracking for Penrith. Yeah, and uh, for Melbourne as well, they get Addo Carr back. So after comfortably beating Manly in week one to get someone of his quality back. Um, he's just a machine for scoring tries down the wing. Um, so I hope um, he gets interviewed somewhere because I love his laugh. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I, I think I'm going to tip Melbourne as well. Um, like you said, they're, they're, very, they're a very class team. And they'll just they, they they know how to win. They have systems to win, and they're good at executing that. Um, they're just a better version of what Geelong tried to be in the AFL. Really, like that that they can play perfect footy. They'll just they'll attack you when they need to. They'll pull off and let you have some chances, but not let you score. Um, and just they're they're a very balanced team. The Melbourne Storm. And uh, I think they're just going to come out on top there. Uh, so we're both predicting a Melbourne Souths uh, grand final. Uh, do, do you have an early prediction for that? Well, if Melbourne do play Souths in the grand final, again, I think I'd probably tip Melbourne, but I'll be barracking for Souths. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Melbourne will win. But really, for me, I think the winner of Melbourne and Penrith will win the grand final. Um, of course, if it is South Penrith, there will be that interesting dynamic of um, re, the rematch from a couple of weeks ago. Can Souths produce it again? Will Penrith be spitting fire and trying to, you know, get revenge? Um, 
And then, of course, if Manly win the, the Souths game, um, like you said, Tommy Turbo just in incredible form. And if he can produce something um, special, you, you can't really discount Manly. And I think all these teams have a couple of players where if they just produce and just explode, um, that they, they look unbeatable. But, of course, someone has to lose. And so... Unfortunately, for three of these teams, uh, they won't win. Uh, but whoever does win, um, it, it'll be, certainly be a deserved victory. Um, the, the next uh, main thing we should talk about as well is the cricket. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say the Australian summer of cricket started yesterday uh, with the Australian women's team playing India. Uh, th this was an incredible game for Australia. Uh, 25 straight wins uh, they have now um, and just bowled fantastically, took eight wickets against India in the 50 overs, uh, only let India get 225 and then chased it down, um, only losing one wicket, just Haynes and, uh, and Healy uh, dominated as uh, the openers um, and just looked really good, this Australian team. Uh, what do you think of that game? I don't really know much about the game other than the scores itself. Uh, India struggled with the bat and Australia seemed to contain them pretty easily. Uh, it's one of those weird sort of t 20 sort of like it's a bit of a nothing kind of, you know, do you go hard? Anyway, the Australian top order batting lineup is in fantastic form. Uh, yeah. All three of the, the ladies that batted yesterday, uh, Rachel Haynes, um, Alyssa Healy, and Meg Lanning, they're all in, you know, they're all stars of the game. And if they all click, which they did yesterday, yeah, they're going to make big totals. And yeah. so they just canted the victory yesterday afternoon. So, um, but, yeah, as you say, the Australian women's one-day team is in sensational form, 25 straight wins. Let's see if they can sweep the series, hey? Yeah, and, um, and I mean, the batting and bowling was fantastic, but even small things in the field, like there was a moment where it looked for sure it was going to the boundary and Rachel Haynes made this mad dash and just kept it in. It was just moments like that where it looked like even for a one-day game in a series that in the grand scheme of things won't really matter too much. It, you know, it's not going to win you a World Cup or something. Uh, and even though Australia was dominating, just consistent effort and just really taking the game on um, from the girls. And um, it was just an all-round great performance. Uh, Alyssa Healy uh, became, uh, well, uh, I don't know how many people have done it, but she's uh, one of an exclusive club of women who've now got uh, 2,000 runs in an ODI. So congratulations to her. And um, it, I think, like he said, series sweep definitely on the cards. Um, Australia just looked dominant. Um, but then today, uh, the, the men's summer of cricket starts, not with an international game, but with a domestic one. It's uh, WA versus South Australia in the, the one-day cup today. And uh, so looking forward to that, um, WA have already named their squad. It looks uh, very imposing. 
uh, just just their top six or so with Sean Marsh, Cam Bancroft, Hilton Cartwright, Cameron Gannon, Cameron Green and Josh Inglis. Um, they're, they're all fantastic uh, batsmen. Uh, and then Felipe and Whiteman are also in the squad. Uh, so it looks like a, a very imposing uh, team. Sorry, that's their team in their squad. They also have Mitch Marsh and Ashton Agar still waiting in the wings. And Darcy Short, Ashton Turner. Um, so I, I think they're going to win that game. Um, of course, South Australia have some great players too, Travis Head and Alex Carey. Um, uh, at, at the moment, I don't think I know enough about these players' form to make a prediction, but uh, it's certainly great to see cricket back, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Love the love the cricket starting just as footy's finishing up, sort of roll from one season into the other. It's yeah. always good. Yeah. Yeah, it's this, this time of year, such hope for the cricket season, but also so much excitement from the AFL season and NRL seasons. Certainly a great time for sport. And um, let's hope that when uh, when New South Wales play in a few days that are uh, that will come out on top and that will do well, and, uh, and that Australia um, will also do well uh, in the upcoming T- uh, Men's T20 World Cup uh, and the Ashes. Um, that There's some stuff to look forward to over the summer. Um, but now to the uh, the main topic, uh, the AFL Grand Final is only in a couple of days. It's, it's the big one, the one we've all been waiting for. Uh, there's, there's been a buy, but uh, it looks like the teams are now going to be ready for Saturday and they're going to come out and uh, hopefully put on a spectacle, Melbourne and the Dogs. Uh, but of course, on Sunday, there was the Brownlow medal. Um, so th- there was a, a lot of stuff from that. Where do you want to start with the Brownlow? Well, congratulations to Ollie Wines from Port Adelaide for winning, for starters. Uh, yeah. Had a good season. I- yeah. Uh, yeah, he he obviously played very consistently. He voted in 16 out of 22 games, which is pretty remarkable. And he had the equal number, equal highest number of votes ever in the history of the, the medal. So yeah. well done him. But it was the first time ever they've had four players poll 30 votes or more. And so yeah. the count all through the night was pretty exciting. So, you know, Marcus Pontempelli was right up there and led it for most of the night. But just yep. crashed out in the last couple of rounds when the Bulldogs' form dropped off a bit and he dropped off a bit. Uh, you know, Clayton Oliver was there or thereabouts and Sam Walsh, of course. And, um, yeah, so it was just – it was an exciting uh, count. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I was barracking for Sam Walsh, although Carlton didn't win anywhere near enough games for him to poll really well. But, you know, there's a few times when Carlton lost and he still got the three votes. So, you know, I was pretty proud of him for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good night and, you know, well done, Ollie Wines. Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, he's had a fantastic season, uh, as have, well, the top six, really. There were the four you mentioned, but Parrish and Steele on 26. In certain years, that could have won you the medal. Um, so they've both also had incredible seasons. Um, even some more experienced players like Boak and Mitchell on 25 uh, with Lyons and Petrarca rounding out the top 10. Um, there are, of course, some other awards handed out that night. Uh, 
congratulations to Shane Bolton for winning Mark of the Year with an incredible mark, jumping on one of the tallest players, uh, Mark Blitzavs, and then a little kick up as he landed. Um, and goal of the year to uh, Kate, uh, it's Caleb Saron um, for a great goal in the derby. Um, I mean, that could be the goal that sets up Fremantle for years to come. It's like they've beaten West Coast. They've got that monkey off the back. And now I think they can definitely propel up the ladder um, next year. Um, uh, as well as that, you had the Tim Stein's Community Award. Um, so good on Travis Boat for some of the work he did. Uh, I think it was with uh, for kids with uh, leukaemia. I think were the, the people he was helping out. So good on him for doing that. Um, also, you have a look at uh, some of the past winners. Um, there, there were some good pollers, um, but Tom Mitchell was the best of all those. Um, but uh, it's I think this season's been very good because I don't think there's been a dynasty team. We might be seeing the start of a dynasty for either Melbourne or the Bulldogs. But there hasn't been a team that's really dominated, and that kind of showed in the Brownlow as well. Um, lots of players had breakout seasons, and uh, it was a really entertaining night. But um, moving on to to the big one, the green final now, uh, Melbourne versus the Bulldogs. So uh, I think we'll start with uh, who who do you think are the main players to look out for on Saturday? Well, I think for Melbourne. Um... Maxi Gorn, the Ruckman, I think Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca, uh, they're the obvious ones, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're the three keys. If they're all, if those three are up and about, I think most of Melbourne will be up and about. Yeah. And I think they're, they're the three players that the Bulldogs have to be really, really wary of. In terms of the Bulldogs, again, Marcus Bontempelli, uh, I would think uh, Bailey Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he seems to be a key for them as well. And, uh, you know, Jack McRae is likely to get a heap of the ball. Um, it's just how well he uses it. So I think, I think this is definitely, you know, it's going to start in the midfield. That's where whoever wins the midfield will probably win the match. I mean, yeah. there, are, there are key players at both ends of the ground that are going to have a a key role to play, of course, but I think whichever midfield gets on top is going to have the best opportunity to win. Um, yeah. But there's no yeah. no rocket science in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of matchups that could be interesting. So for Max Gorn, uh, the Bulldogs Ruckman uh, of English and Martin, they really have to go hard at him. Uh, they can't let him roam free like some other Ruckman have. Um, it, like he just dominated Reece Stanley last week, uh, dominated Reece Stanley in round 23 and uh, dominated in the first week of finals. Maxi Dorn. Um, and then, of course, linking up with the midfield, like you said, Bontempelli. McRae's averaging 37 touches in the final series thus far. Um, Melbourne, uh, like you said, midfield dominant. Uh, both teams had some good players in the Brownlow medal count. Um, and then you you look to to the end of the ground. Uh, the Bulldogs forward line will certainly be an interesting one. Um, there was a there was a thing noted out by uh, by I think it was Matty Lloyd on Access All Areas that came out a couple of days ago, which was um 
if the the Bulldogs want to dominate in their forward line, they have to overwhelm Melbourne's defenders with tall players. So yeah, Aaron Norton's really need to have a good day because if they play with taller forwards, uh, May and Lever will have to play a more one-on-one role and that will allow the Bulldogs uh, to uh, push numbers into the forward line and dominate there. But if they go with more small forwards, if it's people like Waitman dominating, then Lever and May have the capacity to play as uh, intercept defenders. And they they can be the spare man. They don't have to be constantly following their man. They can just pick off the ball. And Lever and May, if they're playing as interceptors, you're not scoring. Um, they managed to do that to Geelong with Hawkins and Cameron. So I think they'll find a way to do it against the Bulldogs. Um, and you look to the other end of the ground, of course, you have Benny Brown, um, the, the recruit. Uh, the Bulldogs also have a big recruit in Adam Tremor. So interesting to see which of those two trade uh, traded players will come out on top. Uh, but there, there's certainly a, a lot of matchups around the ground. Um, but in, in terms of uh, tips and predictions, what's your what's your call for this game? Yeah, so I think. It's an interesting mix. So both teams had massive preliminary final wins. Uh, they've both had a week off. That might actually help the Western Bulldogs more than it helps Melbourne because Melbourne will go into the grand final having played once in a month. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see also how Melbourne settle, how the nerves go. You know, they've had a pretty meteoric rise this year. They had a taste of a prelim three years ago. But the Bulldogs played in their grand final five years ago, so there'll be a fair number of them that have played in their grand final before. Uh, they'll know what the heat is like. I think if Melbourne can settle well in the first 10 minutes, I think they'll probably get on top and win. Uh, the two games that they've played against each other this year are split one all, and the most recent one was actually won by the Dogs. But I think, uh, I think the... The game that I saw Melbourne play against Geelong a couple of weeks ago, I've never seen them play that well. And so yeah. I think they're just, to me, they look primed for it. That's not to say the Western Bulldogs aren't within a huge chance because, you know, they also belted Port Adelaide off the park, but Port were very disappointing at the same time. I mean, as were Geelong, I guess. But um, So I think I'm going to tip Melbourne and I think, uh, they play an exciting brand of football. I hope it's an exciting game and not a real dull defensive sort of setup. I hope it does have some excitement. Uh, both teams have exciting players to watch. So the Bulldogs have Aaron Norton up in their forward line. You know, just imagine if he lights it up or yeah. someone like a Kosiah Pickett or someone for uh, oh, yeah. Melbourne if he gets going. Uh, but I think I think Gorn, Oliver, Petrarca, if they play at their best. I, don't, I can't see Melbourne getting beaten. And Petrarca will be my tip for the Norm Smith as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think the week off definitely helps the Bulldogs. If this if this game was played last week, uh, Melbourne would uh, be uh, a, a lot bigger chance because the week off uh, allows the Bulldogs to get some players back. Uh, it allows, um, you know, it'll probably increase the nerves of Melbourne a bit more than the Bulldogs. 
because uh, the Bulldogs uh, came fifth, whereas Melbourne came first. So there's definitely a bit more pressure on Melbourne. And that's not to say there's no pressure on the Bulldogs, uh, but also because the Bulldogs won five years ago, Melbourne are having a 57-year drought. Um, I think um, Melbourne will get up. I think their midfield will just generally be better. Um but it's, it's just so interesting watching Oliver and Petrarca go up against Pont and McRae. I mean, that could be this generation's version of the Voss-Buckley match in 2002, where they both tore up the midfield and it was just Voss just managed to get Brisbane over the line and Buckley managed to get the Norm Smith. Um, so I think it definitely could be similar to that. Uh, my tip for the Norm Smith, since I'm tipping Melbourne, I think it's going to be Max Gorn. I think um, the Bulldogs, their one weakness will be figuring out what to do against Max Gorn because I think it's probably not too controversial to say Martin and English aren't on his level. Um, but I imagine if they do pull something like that off. I mean, Geelong in 07 brought in Stephen King to assist Brad Ottens and that allowed Ottens to go forward. And it's it's just small little team selection, things like that, just to throw a spanner in the works, really test out uh, the opposition coach to just see how they're going to react to that, how they're going to work with that. Um, but I think Melbourne will win and Max Gorn will get the Norm Smith um, in the end. Um, but, yeah, definitely going to be a, an, an interesting game. And I recommend uh, you any, anyone listening watches it. Uh, it'll be about 7 o'clock um, on Saturday night. 7.15 is the start time. Yeah, 7.15. Um, there, there will be pre-match stuff if you want to watch that too. That'll start at 4 or 5. I'll be um, settling into the couch at 2 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as will I. And... Um, so it's 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 going to be a great game, and uh, I recommend everyone watches it. But uh, that'll bring us to the end of this episode. Thanks, Dad, for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks very much. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, please come back next time to the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. Mm-hmm.